She's challenging me to grow. (laughs) It's the guest house. I'm sure many of you know it. It's by Rumi. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight, a dark thought, a shame, a malice. Meet them at the door, laughing, and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes, because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Good morning. I think I'm on a mic here, so I'm going to remove this one. Thank you, Patricia. Um, I just want to acknowledge that today is Patricia's birthday. So happy birthday, dear friend. I'm so happy that you're in my life. Yes. (sighs) Yesterday, okay. So good morning and welcome. Thank you so much for, um, for coming this morning. I feel quite honored to be here um, in the place of Nicholas. Quite honored that he invited me to be here for you today. So my hope is that this investigation that we'll explore together in the next 30 minutes will have relevance and application in the rest of our lives. The sacred is not something separate or different from other things, but rather it's hidden in all things. And so much of our practice, our spiritual practice, is uncovering the sacred in the ordinary. So in the Buddhist tradition from where I did my first trainings, on retreat, we would take these precepts, these codes of conduct, like not stealing or lying. And precepts aren't just slogans. They're vows. They're teachings to help us understand We can't just say them. We actually have to live into them. We continue learning something more in the precepts. So when I was a volunteer caregiver at Zen Hospice Project in San Francisco, they also had these precepts, these codes of conduct. And the first precept was welcome Everything, push away nothing. Like the guest house, welcome and entertain them all. 
So as a way of setting up the container of our exploration, I'd like to speak about some time I spent uncovering the sacred. It was during this time when I was a volunteer caregiver at Zen Hospice Project. Because dying is ultimately a sacred act. It's not treated that way in our culture, but it is. So Zen Hospice Project was set up in two locations in San Francisco. There was what was called the guest house, like the poem, and that was in the San Francisco Haight-Ashbury district. The guest house had six beds, and it was in a beautiful Victorian And then there was Laguna Honda Hospital, also in San Francisco. Laguna Honda was a very large hospital, one of the largest in the nation at that time. It has 1,100 beds. Most of the people at Laguna Honda are very poor. Only 1% of the population has insurance. So if you're poor and you're old, and you're dying, this is where you go in San Francisco. And it's a very old-style hospital, so it's open wards with 30 and 40 beds in one room. So Zen Hospice Project set up a ward in the basement of that hospital and also in the back of the hospital. There was two floors. So the founder... Zen, uh, of Zen Hospice Project, Frank Ostaseski. One day he was at the Laguna Honda location and he was walking down the aisles and an old African-American man was breathing with great difficulty. And Frank walks over and sat down and he saw that every in-breath was difficult and every out-breath a struggle. And it was clear to Frank, having sat with many, many people in their last moments of life, that this man was actively dying. And Frank says to him, you look like you're working really hard. And the man says, yeah, just got to get there. And he points like that. And Frank says, if I promise I can keep up, can I go? And the man says, yeah. He takes his hand. So Frank says, I forgot my glasses. I can't see into the distance. Can you see? And the man, he describes to Frank a sloping hillside with a plateau. So up they walk this hill together. And the man's breathing with great difficulty and perspiring. So they're on this journey. And Frank asks again, I can't really, I can't really see. Can you describe it for me? And the man describes this one-room schoolhouse, this little red schoolhouse with three steps and a door. Now, this man, he was raised in Mississippi, where this type of schoolhouse was pretty normal for him in his childhood. 
So at this point, this point in the, the exploration in the journey, Frank, he could have said, so you're disoriented. This is a result of the morphine and the meds in your brain, and you're at Laguna Honda Hospital. Let me reorientate you to time and space. That's what medicine might have us do. But that wasn't what was true. What was true was they were walking towards a little red schoolhouse. So Frank is with him in this journey, and he says, hey, there's some steps. Do you want to go up? (sighs) Yeah, says the man. There's a door. Do you want to go in? (sighs) Yeah. Can I go? No. No. It's okay then. You go. And a few minutes later, that man, he died peacefully. To see the sacred It's not about seeing something new. It's about seeing things in a new way. The sacred isn't something separate or different in our life. It's hidden in the ordinary. It's hidden in the ordinary things of our life. Everybody has some image of what happens to them after they die. And for him, it was a little red schoolhouse. Just ongoing learning. So welcome everything. Push away nothing. It sounds good. It would make a really good bumper sticker. But how do we do it? How do we do it? How do we live into that? To welcome things, it doesn't mean that we have to like them. It doesn't mean that we have to agree with what's happening. It means that we have to welcome them. We have to be willing to meet them. Whatever it is, it asks us to have fearless receptivity. Fearlessness doesn't mean that we don't have fear. It's that we understand that fear is not the only thing in the room. If we know that we're afraid, that means that some part of us knows. And that part of us isn't afraid. That's fearlessness, a willingness to meet fear, to meet it. It's a process, welcoming everything, of continually discovering, and we have no idea how it will turn out. It asks us to open and to take risks and to forgive constantly. Constantly forgiving. And under welcoming everything is love. That's really the only thing that can welcome everything. 
Love just embraces everything that it comes in contact with. When we feel into welcoming everything and pushing away nothing, we really begin to touch into a way of being open with ourselves and the way that experiences are revealing themselves to us. Equality of acceptance and allowing. And what happens generally when we start to welcome our own experiences, we start to sense the opposite in us. That's the first experience, this quality that pushes away. I really don't want this experience. I don't want this to be happening. And we get in this struggle with reality. The way life is showing up, we push it away. We don't want it that way. There's certain things that we like and we welcome easily. And then there are other experiences that we don't like. So what welcoming everything provides or invites us is to explore this liking and disliking. Can we have a bit more balance within it? to see what liking and disliking is actually kind of about, these preferences, to see if we can come to the end of that struggle. We're going to have preferences always for the remainder of our life, but we don't have to struggle with unsatisfactory experiences. The whole of the Buddha's teaching is really coming to an end of this struggle with reality. So there's a deeper dimension to this precept, to this welcoming everything, pushing away nothing. It's not so much learning to move beyond our preferences and welcoming changing conditions. It's pointing to something deeper. Who is it within us that's going to welcome everything and push away nothing? Not little old me. You know, I'm this separate self. This separate self gets overwhelmed with things that I don't want, things that I don't like. After having to meet something that's difficult. I have to find some part of me that can welcome something beyond this separate self. So from the perspective of our separate selves, all we have is our history. All we have is our history. Our history is useful, but it has me doing the same things. It has me repeating what I've already done before. So to welcome everything, I have to find something fresh in me, something alive. It's what the Thai forest master, Ajahn Chah, in the Buddhist tradition, calls the one who knows. The one who knows within ourselves. 
this deeper awareness that understands that this life is short, that understands that there are these 10,000 joys and 10,000 sorrows that are bound together. And together they make up this life. And the beautiful thing about this, this one who knows, this deep awareness within us, it includes everything. It welcomes everything. Awareness has the capacity to welcome everything. I know for myself that when I'm resting in awareness, there's an, ex- there's an expansiveness in my experience, a sense of capacity, a sense of gratitude and love. And what is love? It's welcoming. It's just welcoming. So it's useful to remember that whatever we can give space to in our lives, whatever we can give space to, it can move. If we can give space to something in our bodies, some pain, some discomfort, in our hearts that may have been closed, in our minds, what happens is it can show itself. It can show itself. And sometimes when we start getting really truthful with ourselves and honest with ourselves, what we give space to, it can be betrayal, it can be hurtful, it can be traumatic. There are events in our life that are painful and are challenging and are part of life. The 10,000 sorrows, right? But whatever we can give space to, it can move, it can unfold and reveal itself to us. Welcome it. Welcome everything. Push away nothing. Discover what's there. So the word welcome, especially when it's difficult, it can confront us. It it actually asks us to temporarily suspend our usual rush to judgment and simply open to what's happening. When we open and we're receptive, we have options. Welcoming everything and pushing away nothing can't be done solely as an act of will. It's an act of love. So this is our practice together. This is our practice together. This quality of openness, which is love. It was the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. who said, I still believe that standing up for the truth is the greatest thing in the world. The end of life is not to be happy. The end of life is not to achieve pleasure 
and avoid pain as if one could. The end of life is to do the will of God, come what may, to live in a sacred way. So I'd like to do a reflection with you, but first I think we'll just pause there. Just pause there. Maybe take a moment to close your eyes and feel into your body. Feel where there's some resistance to welcoming. We'll have a little bit of music and the offertory, and then we'll do the reflection together. Thank you. 
So um, this reflection on welcoming everything, sort of the how-to, I like to make things practical, how to welcome everything. This reflection was um, a teaching from one of my meditation teachers, Jack Cornfield. Some of you may be familiar with his work. Uh, and Jack would do this at our, um, our community, our sangha, when um, I lived in Northern California and would practice with him regularly. So I, um, I invite you to welcome this reflection. It may not resonate with you. And even just noticing if it doesn't um, is fine, just to welcome that. So there's lots of opportunities to meet meet maybe a little discomfort in this reflection. So the invitation now is to uncross your legs and feel your feet on the floor. Closing your eyes and allowing yourself just to be on your seat. And imagine or sense or feel or picture, however you get information inside. See the place in your life where there is great difficulty, where it's difficult to welcome. See yourself there. There you are. And become aware of what it feels like to be in your body with this difficulty. Maybe how you hold yourself. What energy is present in this situation. Become aware if there is anything new just by seeing it in a fresh way. But let the difficulty arise. Let the difficult person or situation happen and see it with clarity. And let yourself do it as usual. See yourself in it, your response, your reactivity. Maybe get right in the middle of it. Or maybe your habit is to retreat. Just do it as you usually would do it in this situation. And sense and remember the feeling of it. Where is it most difficult? Coming into your breath, just staying with the sensation of this difficult experience in your life.
And all of a sudden now you hear the doorbell ring in this situation or a knock on the door. And you just say, excuse me for a moment. So you're stepping away. You're just pausing in the situation and walking to the door. And to your surprise, coming to the door will be one of a few people. Maybe it's Jesus at the door, or the Buddha, or Kuan Yin, the Bodhisattva of compassion, or Mother Mary, or your mother, or your father, a wise being. And you open the door, and there's this amazing figure. And they say to you, having a hard day in this situation, this difficulty. And you, you nod, and they say, I've come to assist you. And they ask if they can take over your clothes and your body for just a little while. You're going to switch. You're going to become invisible. And they're going to take on wearing your clothes and your body. And they say to you, come, let me show you how I might handle this situation. And you follow them back. You picture or sense them going back into the situation. And you watch. How's the Buddha going to do this one? How's Jesus going to handle this? This situation? This difficulty. See what they do. What their body is like. How they handle the difficulty. What kind of response they might might make with silence or words. what attitude or spirit they might bring to that place of difficulty. Experience that. See it. Then they say, excuse me, and they have to go to the door again. They pause. They walk back to the place where they met you. They give you back your clothes and your body, and they take on their beautiful robes again. And they look at you with tremendous kindness and mercy. And they give you a gift, a reminder. Let yourself see or know or imagine what that gift is, what they hand you. And they reach over and touch you very gently on your heart or on your shoulder, very kindly. And they whisper a few words of advice in your ear. Just 
Remember this. Hear the words. And you thank them and bow. And they bow back and disappear. Gently let yourself come back into the room. Open your eyes. So the invitation is to bring to our community in conversation, perhaps after the the teaching here, downstairs over coffee or a muffin, share what was the difficulty. Share who came to you in this reflection. Share the gift that they left you or the words to remember. When we share in our community in this intimate way, this is how we build community and trust and vulnerability and relationship with others. So the invitation is to share this. Who came? What they said to you and what they gave you. This is how we welcome We bring our best self. My teacher Jack used to say that when he'd go into difficult meetings uh, in the Sangha, in the community at Spirit Rock, um, you know, there's conflict everywhere and difficulty. It doesn't matter if you're in a spiritual community. In fact, sometimes the spiritual community can be even more difficult. But he would go in and he would say that he'd always have the Buddha on his right shoulder when he would walk into these meetings where there was going to be a lot of conflict or disagreement. So you bring in that that being, that higher self, your mother, maybe. How would they do it? That's how we can welcome everything. It's a practice. It's a practice.
Thank you for your kind attention this morning. Again, the invitation is to meet uh, downstairs in community. Share who came, what they said, what they whispered in your ear to remember. This is how we create the container of intimacy in our community. So thank you. Go in peace and have a beautiful week ahead. Welcome, everything. Thank you.